Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. Antonio Gonzalez is a resident of Los Angeles. He has a BA in journalism from the University of Iowa and an MLIS from San Jose State University. He's currently enrolled in the Heritage Conservation Program at USC. He's a member of the Odd Fellows Fraternity and works in an architecture and fine arts library. Please join me in welcoming Antonio. Uh, hola. Uh, I came to uh, Los Angeles in 1988. And I came here to go to school. And uh, once I finished my degree in 1988, uh, I didn't leave. I didn't go back to where I was from. I was from Iowa. And I didn't know anything about architecture in Los Angeles when I came here. I was mainly interested in um, Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, when I got to Los Angeles, what I found most interesting were the uh, movie theaters in downtown Los Angeles. And I liked the Los Angeles Theater and the Tower Theater. And I remember I went and saw A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 uh, just to see the Los Angeles Theater. I wasn't really interested in the movie, but I wanted to see the theater. Um, the book I'm about, uh, that I'm here for is this book, but it's not the book that I wanted to write. I wanted to write a book on Morgan Walls and Clements. But every single publisher I approached said the same thing, which was no. Uh, and then they said, uh, we won't sell any books because nobody knows who they are. When I got to the history press, they were kind of down on the, the list. Um, they also said no. They said, nobody knows who they are. We won't sell any books. Um, but the editor there said, are you interested in theaters? Because you could write a book about a, uh, Los Angeles theaters. I said, I like Los Angeles theaters, but I'm not interested in writing a book about them. And then she asked me if I was interested in writing a book about uh, a department store. And I said, there are a lot of old department stores in Los Angeles, but I'm not interested in doing that either. So finally I said, could I write a book about architects? Uh, I got no response from her initially, and then eventually she said, do a book proposal. And I did one and I sent it off. And about three weeks later, uh, they agreed to my proposal. Uh, when I signed the book proposal, it was for uh, 12 chapters with 12 different architects. It was going to be 120 photos and 40,000 words. Um, I started with Alfred Rosenheim because I'm really interested in Alfred Rosenheim. Um, and then I, because I'm a Virgo, I decided to do it alphabetically. Um, I had done 10 chapters and I was already at 43,000 words. So I asked the editor, I said, what should I do? And she said, either you can cut out 9,000 words or we can just go with uh, 10 architects. Uh, I went with the 10 architects. Um, I bring that up because I wish I could have written more, but I was limited to 40,000 words, and I even went over that, so. 
Um, I like all the architects in my book. Some of them made mistakes, but uh, let's go with this. Let's see. This is Ezra Kaiser. He's the first acknowledged architect of Los Angeles, and he did the Pico House and St. Viviana's, which uh, I'm going to talk about later. Uh, so remember him. He's got the long face. Uh, this is the Pico House, and the Pico House was opened on, on June 19th, 1870. It was the largest hotel south of San Francisco, and it cost, including in furnishings, uh, $100,000. It was built by Pio Pico, the last governor of Alta, California. Now this is... Octavus Morgan. This is from Robert Burnett's Greater Los Angeles uh, in Southern California Portraits from Personal Memory de Abelio. It's in 1910. That's when the book was published. Octavus Morgan was born in 1850, so he would have been 60 in 1910. Now, I'm saying that Octavus Morgan was a bit vain simply because Whenever I want a photograph of myself used, I always want a young-looking photograph. He looks like he's like 35 or 40 there, so he's using a photograph that's like 20 or 25 years old. Um, Morgan was the first president of the Southern California chapter of the American Institute of Architects, and that was in 1894. Uh, originally, that group was known as the Architect Society. Um, and uh, that, I found out that fact because I was researching Arthur Benton on, um, he did the Mission Inn in Riverside. And he mentioned in an interview that was done for Southwest Builder and Contractor that uh, it was originally called the Architect Society. Uh, Kaiser and Morgan were a big firm in, big firm in 1885. Uh, and this third one from the bottom here, from the Los Angeles Times about uh, their architectural partnership. Uh, Morgan, uh, Kaiser, Ezra Kaiser leaves the practice of architecture in 1888 and he goes into real estate. Now, since I was limited to 120 photographs for my book, I couldn't include all the photographs I wanted. And this is an image of the WP Story building in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, this building is still there and the one thing I want you to notice is these uh, terracotta piers, right? This building is still there, and I went down there maybe a year ago, and I wanted to take pictures of the interior, the lobby, uh, but they had a security guard sitting right inside the library, uh, the lobby, and he was this big Mexican guy. And I was afraid he was going to tell me, you can't take pictures in here. And I was afraid he was going to yell at me, and nobody wants to be yelled at. So I decided I was going to take my phone and just turn it on. And when I opened the door, I was going to just walk in and start taking photographs. I did that. Uh, it was very commando style. Uh, the problem was is that I was so nervous and I was shaking that all the photos came out blurry. Um, and he did tell me that I couldn't take photographs in there. But he, after I talked to him for a little bit, he was very nice to me. And he told me to go down to the, this is the lobby of the building. 
he told me to go down to the end of the lobby and look up. And if you look up, there's a stained glass skylight. And on that marble staircase, there's a stained glass window also. Now this grill work here is gone and those light fixtures are gone, but it looks pretty much the same. It's really pretty. And uh, the building is open Monday through, for, uh, Monday through Saturday, like nine to five. So you can just walk in there and look at the lobby. Um, this is the same building on a postcard. And uh, Mullen and Bluette was a men's clothing line. They had a store there. Now, I've always thought that, this is the building today, I've always thought that all that damage that was done to the lower floors there was done in the 60s because the 60s were a really bad time for architecture because of urban renewal and stuff like that. But I was wrong, and I always like it when I'm wrong. Um, I found this photograph, and that's the same building. And if you look at the cars, they're from the 1930s. So this was altered probably in the 1930s or before. And this photograph, it's a beautiful photograph. I like that, uh, marquee there. And if you look around the windows, it's like crushed rock or crushed stone. So this building was altered a long time before I thought it was. Now, I'm an odd fellow. I belong to the Odd Fellows Lodge in Pasadena. Um, and both these, this building is in my book. And this building on the right side, it was actually built. And it's on Washington Washington and Oak, uh, it's south of the 10 freeway. Uh, and since I'm an odd fellow, uh, I talked to some of my, my odd fellow brothers and there's a guy named Roy that belongs to the Golden Rule Lodge in East Los Angeles. And he was a member of this lodge in the late 60s. And he said the odd fellows sold this building in 1975 for $300,000. It's still there and it's owned by a company called Vertigo. Um, but he said they sold it because they couldn't get uh, members. There was no membership. And, uh, you know, if you, can, if you can't get members, then you can't, you know, pay rent and stuff like that. Uh, but he was able to tell me that this is right outside the, the building. This is a Morgan Walls and Clements building. And he said this was here when he was a member. And he thinks it was there when the building was originally built, simply because the city of Los Angeles wouldn't let you do this anymore. And I asked him about that cartouche that's up there in gold. And I said, was there ever anything in there? And he said, as far as he knows, there never was. Now, there's a circular medallion there above the white gate. And this is what it looks like. IOOF stands for International Order of Oddfellows. The I is the eye of God. And the Oddfellows was referred to as the Three Links Society. It still is. Um, and the Three Links stand for uh, Friendship, Love, and Truth. Now, that's a Morgan Walls and Clements building. And this is a building. Uh, I found this in the newspaper. My friend uh, sent me an image of this building. It's the Evening Herald building. And it was uh, William Randolph Hearst building. 
And he, the image he sent me was kind of small, and when I blew it up, it kind of got blurry. So I looked around for images of this building. This is from Southwest Builder and Contractor. And I found images in uh, California Arts and Architecture. And that's the building. And if anybody has an image of this lobby, I want to see it because it's beautiful, uh, I'm assuming. This is also the building, um, uh, but it's destroyed. I found a map online from this website called Los Angeles Revisited. And right here, That's where this uh, Herald Express building was. Uh, it's gone, though, sadly. Um, oh, that's gone. Yeah. I'm just talking about. Hang on just a second. You know, that was just a style, I think, at the time. Uh, now, this is. Octavus Morgan from Notables of the Southwest, which was published in 1912. Now, this is a more accurate photo of what he looked like in 1912 than that photo I originally showed you. Um, he was 62 in 1912. Now, I did a, uh, one of these events at a bookstore in Pasadena. And I talked about the next slide, but my friend told me that maybe I should just kind of glide over the next slide uh, because, well, it's kind of lurid. But this is Marie Brown Levy. She was 16 in 1913 when she met Octavus Morgan. Uh, her and her mother, her mother went by the name of Mrs. Lacey, lived in a hotel called the Wankill Hotel. And whenever the hotel was mentioned in newspaper reports, hotel was always in parentheses. Um, the lawyers that were representing this guy named George H. George H. Bixby, uh, they wanted Octavus Morgan to testify on George H. Bixby's uh, behalf because People representing Marie Brown Levy and Mrs. Lacey, lawyers, they blackmailed Octavus Morgan. Uh, he said that he felt like he was being blackmailed. Uh, he said he played the blackmail because uh, he, he didn't want his relationship with Marie Brown Levy to be revealed. Uh, that's all I'll say about it. But um, it's important to note that Octavus Morgan was never charged with any crime. Uh, and if anybody was at fault in this, it was either Octavus Morgan Mrs. or Mrs. Lacey, or both of them. But Marie Brown Levy was 16. She was a minor. She wasn't at fault uh, under any circumstances. Uh, it went on for about a year and a half, and it was in lots of different newspapers. I condensed it into like three or four pages in my book. So if you read it, you'll understand more. Uh, but here is another uh, Morgan Wells and Clements building, which is the Atlantic Richfield building. Uh, 
It was opened in 1930. It was demolished in 1968. Uh, I don't know how this building could have been destroyed, but it was. In about 1993, my friend uh, took me to Arco Plaza, and these doors, these elevator doors, are still there at the back of the plaza. Uh, and you can go down there and take pictures. And then a couple of years ago, I don't know how I found this out. I think somebody emailed me. Uh, three of the statues that were above the entrance portal of the Richfield building are at UC Santa Barbara. Um, I went up there on a weekend. It's like two hours to drive up there. Uh, and I found them. And this is the plaque that's next to them. It says, sculptured figures in glazed terracotta by Haig Padigan, originally installed on the Richfield building in downtown Los Angeles, 1929, now the site of Atlantic Richfield Plaza, donated to US, UCSB in 1969 by Atlantic Richfield, reinstalled and dedicated in 1982. Uh, and there right over there where that blue circle is, they're across from Pauly Track. Now the only problem I have with these and these doors is that I think they should be in museums because these, um, oh, I'm going backwards, uh, these statues, they're just made out of terracotta. Anybody you know, can damage them at any point. So I think they should be in a museum myself. Uh, and then there's this guy. Uh, this is John Austin. Uh, he did the Shrine Auditorium, uh, City Hall, Griffith Observatory. Um, he also did this building, which is the Potter Hotel. Uh, it was up in Santa Barbara. It looks beautiful. I wish it was still there, but it burned to the ground in 1921. And it probably burned to the ground because the foundation and the first floor were brick, but the rest of it was wood framed. Um, I think it's a beautiful building. He, John Austin is partially responsible for this too. Now this is St. Viviana's, it's from a postcard. And this building has always, it's always been said that this building was made of brick. And you can see the brick. Now, John Austin wrote an article for the Los Angeles Times about 1920 and they weren't sure who actually designed this building. So John Austin did all this research, and then there was an article where he said the architect of the building was uh, uh, Ezra Kaiser, and he uh, found out who the masons were, who did the ironwork. Uh, it was a wonderful article. And then at the bottom of the article, it says John Austin has been asked to redesign the building by the Catholic Diocese, which I thought was kind of ironic. But this, is what John Austin proposed. If you look at it before, see it's got that big circular window and then it's got circular windows above both doorways and it's got that huge cross on top. And John Austin wanted to reduce the size of the big circular window and remove those windows over the doorways and get rid of the big cross on top. This is what it looks like today. Uh, so he did do that, it's, uh, and he covered it with some kind of stone and, and replaced the brick that was there. Now, I like John Austin very much. Uh, here he is from uh, Notables of the Southwest. And he was born in 1870, and this is from, I think, 1913. Um, 
so he was 43 when this publication came out, and he looks about 43 there. Now, I'm going to read part of this to you because I want us all to read it together, basically. It says, he has been married twice, the second marriage being in 1902 when he was wedded to Hilda Violet Maitun, Maitun in Los Angeles. By the first marriage, there was one child, Dorothy Austin, and by the second, there are five children, Marjorie, Ada, William, Hilda, and Angela. Uh, okay, so I'm going to read just part of this again. By the first marriage, there is one child, Dorothy Austin, and by the second, there are five children, Marjorie, Ada, William, Hilda, and Angela. So there's this that I found in the Los Angeles Times, which is this. Uh, I, <laughs> so I don't know if you can read this first paragraph, so I'll read it. It says, John C. Austin, 63-year-old architect, and his adoptive daughter, Dorothy Austin, 43, were married yesterday in All Saints Episcopal Church, Pasadena. Only members of the family attended the ceremony. There was a reason for that, I'm sure. Um, now, if you look at this photograph, uh, she's, got, she's holding flowers, and she's got like a fur collar, and she's got that kind of flat hat. This is a photograph that I found in the, from the Los Angeles Examiner. So she's got the flowers and the fur collar and the hat. And what the examiner would do is they would run the photograph and there'd be a caption underneath and then they would cut that out and paste what the newspaper clipping to the back of the photo. So they would always know who the people in the photo were. This is what the back of the photo says. It says, Romantic wedding, John C. Austin and his bride leaving on a 10-day trip after their wedding yesterday. The bride was adopted by the noted architect 42 years ago and had lived as his ward until the wedding. It was Mr. Austin's third marriage. Now, if you look at the date, it says February 6, 1935. There were a lot of single women in Los Angeles in 1935. I mean, they were making all those Warner Brothers movies, uh, Gold Diggers of 33, Gold Diggers of 35, Gold Diggers of 37. There were lots of single women. I find it kind of strange that the only woman he could find to marry would be his adoptive daughter. It has a very uh, Woody Allen, uh, Sun Yi vibe about it. Now, I'm not perfect, so I'll just say that's, you know, that's the way it was. Uh, this is uh, Frank D. Hudson of Hudson and Munsell. Uh, they designed the first Shrine Auditorium that burned down. They designed the Hall of Records and the Natural History Museum. The Hall of Records was destroyed, I think, about 1973. And the Natural History Museum is still there. Um, this is the Shrine Auditorium that was uh, burned down. And I wish I had this post postcard before my book was published because it even has their name down there on the bottom. Um, my friend Mark always says that in any architectural partnership, there's usually an architect that's out slapping people on the back, buying drinks for potential clients, and uh, trying to drum up business. And then there's usually another architect in a partnership back in the office uh, doing all the drawings. Um, the person 
that was Munsell's partner was uh, William A. O. Munsell. I could find lots of stuff on this guy. Uh, anytime they wanted uh, a comment on a building that they had built, they would go to him. He's quoted in the newspapers a lot. I could find nothing on William A. O. Munsell. Um, but I think it's probably because he was in the office uh, doing drawings. His signature right, is right here down on the corner. This is the Natural History Museum. Um, now, this building is also a Hudson and Munsell building. It, it says it's the administration building for the LA County Hospital. I'm assuming that's USC. Uh, this building is still there. And I went down about a month ago and found it, and there it is. It's beautiful. It looks exactly the same. This, is the, this was the drawing, and here's the building. It's the coroner's office now. Uh, and I went on a Saturday morning about 10 a.m., uh, and the coroner's office was closed, which was strange, because you would think the coroner's office would never close. But I went up to the front door and put my phone up to the glass, and I got this picture. Uh, that light fixture, I don't know if it's original, but I like it. This, on the left side there, that looks brand new. I wasn't able to go in, but I like that photograph. Uh, this is another architect in my book. His name is Harrison Albright. He did the Grant Hotel in San Diego and the Santa Fe Railroad Building and the Consolidated Realty Building. Now, I like Harrison Albright, uh, and in a number of articles, he was referred to as a wealthy landowner. landowner. Um, he made a lot of money, and there was even an Albright Ranch. Uh, but in about 1920, his family tried to get him uh, declared incompetent. And in 1925, he retires from his, his architecture practice but in the 1930 census, he's uh, uh, listed as an invalid. And in 1932, he dies. It was something to do with his brain. They didn't know a lot about Alzheimer's or dementia in 1920. Uh, I just feel sorry for him because, you know, he made lots of money. It seemed like at the end of his life, he would be able to, you know, benefit from all his work. And he was an invalid. Uh, but he did design some nice buildings. This is one of them. This is the Consolidated Realty Building. Uh, I like this building because of those light fixtures up on top. Uh, I could find no record that there's like a, there was a park on the top or a garden on the top. But this building is located right across from Pershing Square at Sixon Hill. Now, anybody here can do this if you go to LADBS, and if you have the, the address of a building, you can look up all of their um, building permits. I looked up this address, which is 607 Hill Street. There are like at least 100 building permits for this building. Um, I could find no record that this building was ever demolished. This building. I could find no record it was demolished. I think it's this building because this is the same building at that location. It's nine stories like the other building was, but it's just been altered so much that it's barely recognizable. This is another, 
Harrison Albright Building, which is the Santa Fe de Depot. It's uh, now used by SciArc. Um, I could not find a photograph of this building. I would like to find a photograph to find out if it actually looked like this after it was built, because I'd like to see what that clock really looked like up on top. Uh, I like the trolley over there because, you know, clang, 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 went the trolley. But if you look at the, the image, I think all three modes of transportation are going to crash right there <laughs> where they meet. So maybe I should be on the train instead. Uh, this is what that building looks like today. Uh, maybe if I had taken this picture with sun beating right down on the front, it would look better, but uh, that's what it looks like. Uh, and this is my final architect. This is Julia Morgan. I don't know how Julia Morgan put up with all the sexism that she had to deal with. Uh, she must have wanted to work. It's that simple. Uh, but uh, I admire her a great deal. Uh, this is the uh, Herald Examiner building. And in 2017, Curb LA said that it was going to be turned into a mixed-use project. Uh, the building is still there. But recently, like in January 2019, the Los Angeles Times said that Arizona State University is moving into this building. Uh, I hope it does, because then I get to see this, this uh, lobby here. Now, Julia Morgan also did this building, which is the Hollywood Studio Club, which was a YWCA. And I went there to take pictures, and it's got a big wooden door in the front now, and it's not very inviting. And I was taking pictures right there in front, and I could hear like a conversation going on inside the building. Uh, so I knocked on the front door and somebody answered the door. And I said, you know, I'm writing this book. I was wondering, could I come in and take some photographs? And amazingly, they said yes. I, I wouldn't let anybody in, but they said yes. And on the north part of the building, uh, there's a door that goes outside and there's, there's a pergola and then there's like a little patio in the, inside the building. Now, I wanted to go over there and sit in one of those chairs, but, you know, they let me in the building, but it doesn't mean they weren't watching me, so I figured I shouldn't go and sit in the chairs. Um, this is... I, it looks like it's... Uh, uh, yeah, because uh, there was no one in there except for those two people that were in there. Uh, this is the Pasadena uh, YWCA, uh, the city of Pasadena owns the building now, uh, uh, and uh, I don't know what they're going to do to it. It's just sitting there empty at the moment. Uh, if I sign anybody's book, I'll probably sign it with FLT because I'm an odd fellow, and it stands for Friendship, Love, and Truth. Uh, thank you for attending. Do you have a question? That'd be ideal. Yeah, it's a big structure. I just like them to do something with it because it's just sitting in there vacant. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Does anybody else have a question? Yes, Mark. What is your favorite building? The Richfield Building, which was destroyed, I think. But outside of that, yeah. 
uh, they said that the building had to come down because they wanted more office space. And they built... They have two big office towers there now, so. Thank you for coming. Thank you, sir. Yes. Uh, you know, there was a minister that had married uh, uh, John Austin and his second wife and all of John Austin's children. That minister suddenly became ill and couldn't perform that ceremony. So I think the minister that he was upset about it. And there were only family members at the ceremony. It just seems kind of strange, but. And the wife that yes, I think she died of cancer. And the 16 year old girl? Uh, you have to read my book about it. It's just kind of, it's rather lurid. It really is, but yeah. Yes, Howard. Any plans for a miniseries? <laughs> Somebody should do one, because there are enough of them. Yeah. Yes. Nathan should do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.